had the chat to Jason Stevens there about multi club ownership and uh-huh. its increasing presence in world football. Uh, Laz, good chat. Great get. Scary, isn't it? The uh, Very imprint, much so. <laughs> the imprint of multi club ownership <laughs> on football. Uh, but yeah, no, look, Jason's got amazing content, like I said during during our chat, with regards to uh, in depth research about who owns what of the, the football clubs that we all follow. So fascinating chat, and uh, you know we could definitely do deep dives into that, and we might uh, get Jason to talk about uh, football regulation and other things like that into the future. Yeah, there's there's plenty of other uh, football ownership stories that have cropped up in the last week or two that uh, I would have liked to have asked Jason about, but uh, we're just so stuck on multi-club ownership. It was, uh, we didn't get enough time, unfortunately. So uh, uh, we may just have to get Jason back on to uh, yeah, ask him some questions because uh, particularly everything, everything surrounding Shepherd Wednesday this week, that was a big one. That um, is a big one, but yes. But perhaps we can bring that up later mm-hmm. or on a later date, one or the other. But yep. Laz, we need to talk about this morning. Nathan. Because I'm sure you want to. No, I don't want to gloat. So we need to get it out of the way. No, I don't want to gloat. I don't want to gloat. There's no <laughs> yes, need for it. There's no, no, no. There's no need for us to gloat. There's, look, no doubt I've had a better football week than you have. <laughs> I d- well, it's not not difficult. <laughs> right, no, I mean, look, yeah, look, I was a bit upset with the Molyneux result. I mean. <laughs> oh, but, no. <laughs> yes, I know. It's like the world's smallest violin, isn't it? But, um, yeah, I think Wolves are uh, on the up and up, but. Uh, there was the matter of El Clasico, which I was very, very, very happy about. And no apologies to, well, no, no apologies to the Barcelona supporters that they send them. <laughs> 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 um, because that was just sensational. Uh, but yes, this morning, I felt for you this morning, Nathan. I'm not going I to don't lie. need to feel for me. You no, don't no, need no. to feel for me. No, no. I felt Rip for you. Because, um, that performance. I I just I thought going into it yesterday that and this morning that Newcastle would win, but I thought it would only be one or two at best because I knew Newcastle would be playing a B team effectively. But to put on that kind of performance as a B team and parts slash C team, right? Um against Manchester United at Old Trafford was incredible. It was incredible. Yeah, I mean, when I woke up and saw the lineup that Newcastle put out for this game with six fullbacks. No recognised striker. One of those being Emil Kraft, who hasn't kicked the ball in 14 months. No, he hasn't. And Dubravka, who was deemed not good enough for us last year, so we sent him back. Yes. I I wasn't expecting a win. But you thought it could be going to extra time I thought, like, surely these guys can throw something together against a Newcastle B team. Slash slash C team. Yeah, well, Manchester United are a B slash C club, so... (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yes. But... On the flip side, it was thoughts going into the game was when we lose this game, it's going to hurt even more mm. because it is such a rotated team from Newcastle. But the point is, I don't think there's any team in world football that is an easy beat for Manchester United at the moment. And I think at, from this point in time, I don't see the manager turning it around. It's a road we've been down before. It's a topic we've been over many times. And it's just the continuation of this mess for the past decade at Old Trafford. Yeah, no, I felt for you. I really did feel for you today. I've got to say, because I thought that was just dire from Manchester. They offered nothing. They offered absolutely nothing. Nothing at all. It was was dire. They had more captains on the pitch tonight than shots on target. (laughs) (laughs) Three players wore the armband. Manchester United had two shots on goal. Well, I mean, that says it all, doesn't it? (laughs) And you're right about a B or slash C club because apparently the the kits don't fit the players. (laughs) The Adidas kits. Don't fit the players properly. Yeah, I tell like, you. What the hell? That's been holding us back this whole time. Get some fitting <laughs> kits and we're going to go and win the league, I tell oh, you. Obviously. <laughs> obviously, it's been holding everyone back, no doubt. Mm, mm, yeah, very much so. That That's the root of our problem. My Lord, my Lord. And the socks are too tight. And the own artists had to wear a replica kit. <laughs> so that's the funniest one of the line. <laughs> He, right, oh, you can just imagine, he rocks up at Old Trafford and just goes through the mega store on the way through. <laughs> I'm here to pick up this week's jersey. Yeah. <laughs> can you put the print on, please? Oh, don't yeah, forget, we're, yeah, playing exactly. Premier, we're playing Premier League today. <laughs> don't forget the badges, yep. Oh, this week dear. it's a cup game, so you use that font. Shit, you use the wrong font. It's the Premier League font <laughs> that you're supposed to use. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, it's far out. Do you reckon, hey. like... 
Wait a second. The kit man's got, the, hang on. The kit man's got a standing order at the shop. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he does. <laughs> they make, sure it's the, the... make sure it's the green keeper's jersey. Yep. Oh, jeez. <laughs> uh, yeah. so. um, do you reckon when there's an away game coming up on the weekend, they like go on the website and place an order and ship it to the stadium? It's well, it's laughable. It's a, it's actually <laughs> it, that's insane. It really is insane. Imagine how bad the training kits are. Oh yeah. Jeez. Oh, I mean, they do sell those at the mega stop, <laughs> mega shops. So, oh, they uh, do. Yeah, they do. That they do. It's incredible. Absolutely insane, Nathan. Insane. But um, yeah, how's your football week? Just quick. I mean, we we just covered that. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought I'd just you know bring it up. Yes, I'm sure. Uh, yeah. I mean, as I say, it's just a mess, and oh. my overriding emotion at the moment is leading towards apathy because we're here again. Yep. And I don't think Eric, and, Eric Ten Hag can turn this around, nor any other manager for that matter. What hurt more, Nathan? Was it this morning's defeat or the derby? I'm going with this morning. Like, mm. Because I expected the defeat in the derby. I knew that was coming. Did you expect 3-0? Yeah, I mean, I probably expected 5, but... Okay. <laughs> um, but this morning, I think, was a bit of an opportunity to have some sense of positivity in this first half of the season particularly that the League Cup did provide a lot of that last season as well. Mm-hmm. It's the, I mean, it's pretty much where last season finished in that League Cup final. Manchester United did not play one more good game for the rest of last season and probably not one since entirely since mm-hmm. that League Cup final. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, as I say before, given the lineup, come on, like, with a stick, come on, do something. But yeah, they were yeah. second best. And the worst part is that Newcastle played a B team, stroke yeah. C team, as you say. Mm-hmm. And they still play the exact same style of football that we've come to expect of Eddie Howe's Newcastle United. Yeah, they do. Everyone's on the same page. Yep. Everyone's everyone knows that what their role is. They play the same style of football. It is counter pressing. They win the ball high up and take the ball to the goal and have a shot. First and second, no, first and third goal mm. from this morning were indicative of that. Mm. Very physical. And Newcastle will bully teams if they're not up for the fight, mm. which is what we saw this morning. Mm. I look at their opponents this morning, and it seems like they've got absolutely no idea what their roles are. Mm. It seems like they have no idea how they're supposed to go about their business. And you see some of the average position charts from recent games. It's just a mess. There's no real passing networks. And for me, if one player's out of form, then that player's out of form. You maybe do something different different in training. You put an arm round or you take them out the team. Horses for courses, but something will change with that one player. But when the entire team is out of form, that points to the coaching staff for mine. And uh-huh, uh-huh. perhaps one of the biggest indictments I'd say is that over the past month or so, Harry Maguire has been our best player. Yep. And your defense has shipped six goals in the last two games at home. Yeah, it has. Mm. And Harry amazing. Mag- I think- Harry, Harry Maguire brought to you by Mack Trucks. But that's. <laughs> and <laughs> no, but Andre Nana, despite. That's totally unfair. I shouldn't say that. <laughs> Andre Nana, despite shipping those six goals, he's come out of this week, I think, a little bit better. Yeah. Yeah, yes. Off the back of what he did in the Champions League game, that last minute penalty save, I think mm-hmm. as bad as the team is, which is amazing to see that, amazing to think they conceded six goals and the goalkeeper <laughs> seems to be increasing his reputation. But that's where the level is at the moment for Manchester United and they are going backwards. Do they have to win against Fulham at Craven Cottage? Every game is a must-win for Manchester United. That's, I think, also part of the problem that there is so much pressure on every single match of football. Not, which is not the same as what you get at many other football clubs. So the next like, two yes. games, yeah, I was going to say. So the next two games are Fulham in the Premier League and then um, Copenhagen away in the Champions League. That's a must-win game. Just if you look at the Champions mm. League prospects, if Manchester United don't pick up three points away in Copenhagen, then they are looking at Europa League or perhaps finishing bottom of the group, depending on how the rest of the group stage goes. But pretty much, the more games that Manchester United lose, the more untenable the position of the manager seems to be. And there's been a whole bunch of stats about how bad United have been this season in terms of defeats per number of games. And why are you doing that to yourself? By the way, I mean, I, I'll get the punishment. It, I think, yeah, I'll get it if you're part <laughs> of the coaching staff, right? Or if you were analysing, you know, mm. right? But it must be hard to read that kind of stuff, like after a while, because it's been it's it has been a poor season for Manchester United. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, I mean, I thought Manchester United ran out of negative records to break with <laughs> the David Moyes season. And uh, I mean, the season before Ten Hag showed up with Ranić, that was dire. And I don't think we're at that point yet. 
in terms of everything just being a toxic atmosphere, everyone hates everyone, and they just can't seem to stay on the side of each other. And I think we're at that point yet. I think the group has progressed a little bit. But in terms of the actual performances and results, this team is quite probably the uh, the worst I've seen it since Fergie. Some of the performances we see, there's just nothing offering whatsoever. And there's a lot of discourse. Is it the manager? Is it mm. the players? Mm. Is it the owner? Mm. Is it John Murtagh, Darren Fletcher in the sporting department? And the answer is everyone. The answer oh. is everybody. Well, yeah, it would have to be everyone, right? I mean, it's, it's only natural. It's the, the whole, it's the playing stuff. It's the coaching stuff. The only person that's not the name is the tea lady. I mean, even still, maybe she's maybe she's culpable on top. No joke. Moving on, moving on. Enough Manchester United talk. Yeah, for now, anyway. It'll no, we've done it. I mean, you know, we, and we've spoken about Newcastle United, which I'm happy about. Mm. But um, we have to talk your Classico quickly, and then let's talk about what caught our eye this week. Sure, let's do it. Because Dude, again, our Classico, our Classico was incredible as a game, as a spectacle. Um, Barcelona were, in, you know, in charge at um in the first half but come the second half different game different game and jude worldy for a first goal what a what a first goal that is we didn't celebrate it though and you know why that is coming no no you know why that is real madrid don't celebrate one alls it's amazing how quickly he's embraced the mentality of the club indeed indeed but the thing the second goal which is a tap-in and the winner went to the madrid supporters and did his famous celebration and there you go and what a win. What a win away at Barcelona. And um, interesting to see Gundogan's uh, observations after his first El Clasico. Yeah, I mean, he came out of the game and said that uh, there wasn't much of a reaction in the dressing room at full time. Mm. And there isn't a much fight. And there wasn't enough disappointment. The yes, there wasn't yeah. enough disappointment in the, in the sheds. Which you think for a Clasico, if the players can't get up for a Clasico, what game can they get up for? Mm. The thing is with Barca. Every year they seem to just get bowed out by their academy, whether it be in seasons gone by with Ansu Fati coming onto the scene or Pedri or Gavi. Yeah. Didn't happen last weekend, but over the course of this season, they've been bowed out by um, Lamal or um, the other kid mm. who scored the winner against Athletic week before last. I'm going to make it. It seems also- like, mm. it seems like Barca, their best prospects, their best chances of finding goals and finding performances are the players that come through the system rather than the big money signings. So, I mean, some have worked, of course, but so many of them just get mm. put on notice by the kids coming through. Look, which says a lot from La Marcia, right? And full credit to them. But I'm, I'm going to make a broad sweeping statement at the risk of Barcelona supporters throwing some hate our way. Go on. Which I don't I won't say no to that. <laughs> Thanks. So, <laughs> I, it's all directed to you. <laughs> that's right. I, inte- I contend that El Clasico is, means more to Barcelona than what it does to Real Madrid. And that it's of greater significance to Barcelona than Real Madrid. They put more significance on it, right? So Real Madrid. I agree with you. A Real Madrid. You. It's not that Real Madrid dismiss it, disrespect it, or do anything like that. But the Real Madrid have a bigger picture in mind, and El Clasico is just part of it. Whilst for Barcelona, El Clasico is the be all and end all. I mean, I would also add that Barcelona. The whole thing about Barcelona and Catalonia. Is it's anti-Spain and Adds anti-Madrid, and Madrid is very much seen as the yep. the Spain team, the, mm. the crowns team. Mm. 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 Like the Real in Madrid really means Re- royal. royal. Yeah, yeah, it really does because mm. there's so, other Real teams in Spain, of course. Of but course. but it adds Real Madrid, to that. yeah, it, it adds very to that. much mm. feels like it is the Spanish king's team. It is mm. Real Madrid is Spain. Spain is Real Madrid, mm. and every time Barca take on Real Madrid, it is Catalonia versus Spain. Mm. I think that matter, that in itself matters more to Catalonia than it does yeah. to Spain. Yeah, whilst for Madrid, it's just another game. For Madrid, it's just Saturday. Uh, no, it's not just Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> but you get my point. Yeah. You know. Like, and, you know. But heading into this weekend now, if mm. Barca lose, they go, what, seven points behind Madrid? Correct. And you start to think, is the league gone? It There's only... so much pressure on the team that loses the Classico. Yeah, we, we can only hope so, Nathan. We can only hope so. <laughs> you can only hope so. <laughs> Matildas. Yes, a very good week for the Tillies. Yeah, very good week. Now, you were messaging me on <laughs> Sunday during the Philippines game. Oh, what a blood. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. You are probably the harshest critic I've ever seen. No, the I'm Matildas just really... go 4-0 up after half an hour and you say, nah, not good enough. Ruthless. Because Philippines, <laughs> there was no opposition. 
it should it look I was happy with five I did text at the end of the first half saying five is acceptable <laughs> I would have been happy with six or seven no doubt but the amount of times that Sam Kerr got caught offside right in the first half there's no need for it just you know like a, be a bit more switched on I mean it's just I mean I know these are minor things and these are nitpicking but I wanted complete and utter you know complete and utter destruction because they were Philippines were nowhere. There wasn't an opposition on the park, Nathan. The keeper didn't even get a chance to make any great saves to actually keep them in the game. I mean, I'm happy with eight nil. <laughs> it should have been. It should have been at least ten. I mean, eight but, ten. It doesn't matter. No, it doesn't. But it does because the like when you're playing against an opposition that is that weak, right? Or that I mean, Philippines had stage fright. I'm guessing. I don't know what happened. Right? We saw it happen during the World Cup as well, where they had two good or two decent performances. And then the third game where it came to qualifying cactus. This was worse than then, right? This was worse than then. Philippines beat Iran 1 0 yesterday. <laughs> so, and Australia only beat Iran 2 0, I guess, granted with the C, with the C team again, mm. right? But nevertheless, I mean, and full credit to Philippines for coming back from that hammering, right? Yeah, and but, getting two wins over this yeah, window. But I, I still think that, yeah. There was no opposition. There was no resistance from Philippines. There was no shutting down of players or shutting down of space. They let Australia do whatever they wanted. So when you've got an opposition that is letting you do whatever they want to you, right, you can't just, you know, there can be just ruthlessness. You can't take any foot off the pedal. You've got to take advantage of all your opportunities, right? And that's what my point was. Like, you know, um, there were they were, it could have been better and it should have been just, I just wanted ruthlessness because that they had that performance there, and twelve would would have even justified it. To be honest, they deserve like the, the Matildas deserve to be to win that game by fifteen. Let's be honest. Oh, Laz, I think you might be the only person in the world who's unhappy at an eight nil win. I'm, I'm not unhappy. I'm not unhappy. Please, don't get it wrong. <laughs> but just go for like go for ruthlessness. Put it this way: a Liverpool team, right? In the like for like, a Liverpool team would show that kind of ruthlessness. Manchester City would show that kind of ruthlessness. No, they wouldn't. Well, so they would just play with it and just use it as a. Tra- well, then that's wrong, right? Like, but City Liverpool will go two or three 0 up and just but, pass it around for the rest of the game, which is a boring watch, right? Oh, Liverpool, it is. Liverpool would put the, put a team to the sword like that. Newcastle did against Sheffield United, right? Against Sheffield United, it should have been ten again or twelve because <laughs> yeah, there was you, no. Happy with, do you just have was, something against eight nil scorelines? Not at all. Not at all. There's no opposition <laughs> though. Ah, oh, you're a harsh critic. You're a harsh critic. There's no opposition, Nathan. You're playing and against nobody. What, what, playing, what more do you want? You're, but you're playing against nobody on the park. It's not as if the keeper pulled out saves and was saving Philippines' ass. They were, she wasn't. Look, the match like, finished. Can you say? Hang on. Can you the, say? Wait. Honestly, can you say that the Philippines keeper saved like five opportunities, like made five brilliant saves, right, to keep the Philippines, you know, in the game or whatever you want to like, you know, like to actually show some resistance or not? I mean, obviously not. What's your point? My point is that when you're playing against a team that is not offering you any opposition whatsoever, you're playing against, basically you're pay, playing against dummies or cones like a training. It's a training run. Like, you know, you know when they do the training and they've got those. Lazarus Grimoire calls the Philippines wins team <laughs> dummies. <laughs> not as in dummy mentality. I'm talking about <laughs> physical like mannequins. Right? You're playing against, you know, like those. Uh, we see in training where they're actually uh, – Got the they set up a wall with those plastic stands. That's who they were playing against, right? So you should be beating a team by fifteen. I mean, look, I said I want blood. That's what I wanted, and I didn't get the it. The Matildas so. <laughs> win thirteen nil across three games on aggregate, three wins, three clean sheets. They top should, the group. Should have been twenty, but that's all right. Never mind. <laughs> they go to the next phase of the qualifying. They have a home and away against Uzbekistan. I call it a good window. It's Uzbekistan, is it? Yes. Okay, so do do you think they would sell out the MCG for Uzbekistan? Oh, they might, you know. And should they play, considering there's a Taylor Swift concert a week before on the MCG? A week's fine. A day before, mm. like a couple of days before, that's ah, fine. No. It's fine. No, it's not. For me, it's fine. Move Taylor Swift. That's not going to happen. <laughs> no, I don't. <know. laughs> Sorry, I, I don't get into Taylor Swift, so she may as well move it to Docklands, Marvel or whatever, you know, move it to Marvel. Yeah, that wouldn't happen. <laughs> no. But I'll tell you what, let them play Marvel then. Let the Matildas play Marvel. We've got to have they a good would, quality. I pitch. reckon they, they would sell out Docklands. Oh, for sure. Guaranteed. 
Guaranteed. No, I mean, no they problem. They put at all. up 30K before the World Cup, which 50. everyone was getting behind them. But yeah, 50. yeah, even better. Yeah. yeah, which is before the Matildas really took mm, off. Mm, mm. So, yeah, I reckon they could sell the MCG. And... I, think they, I think they could. I just don't think they should because the fact that there's a concert the week before and I don't know if the pitch will be in a really good state. I don't want an AT&T stadium like we had with the Socceroos. Well, it's not an artificial, so... No, I know. But you know, you get my point. Yeah, I get your point. Mm. Look, I think a week's enough time Fair enough. for the pitch to recover. And um, you're, you're, a resident also, hold, you're a resident horticulturalist and the pitch... Uh... <laughs> Am I now? News <laughs> 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 <Used> to me. <laughs> so there you go. But I think for the same reason that one of the games in Perth got moved to Optus Stadium, I think the Matildas are worthy of playing in the biggest stadiums of the country. And part of that is playing games at the MCG. Okay. We, I'm not particularly okay. interested in getting into the debate around the MCG as a venue. In terms oh, of... uh, damn. I was going to go down that path now that you brought uh, it up. But anyway. All right. Let's I start. don't care. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let, no, do let's it. You want to go down that path? Let's go down no. that path. I think we're opposed to this as well. Okay. Do you rate the MCG? To watch football? No. No. Say, so, okay. We're not opposed. We agree. Okay. Move on. But that's not my. No, we do oppose. <laughs> I don't rate the stadium to watch football, but. It's a shit venue. For watching football, yes. Yeah, it's a shit venue. It just is. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's good for cricket, good for AFL. Great. Wonderful. Play those sports there. Great. The point is that you can put 100,000 people in the MCG. Yeah, you could. And I think that has more bearing on the Matildas and women's football in this country than agreed. playing agreed. in a stadium half the size across the town. No, agreed. And if you can stick agreed. over 100,000 people in the MCG to watch the Matildas women's sport. No, I agree. That's up there with iconic moments in Australian oh. women's football history as much as the World Cup is for mine. I can see that point glad, gladly. Right, <laughs> But nonetheless, for what you like you said, uh, it, it isn't the best. It isn't the best. And the, you know, um, they could have done a little bit better when they were actually rebuilding it to actually give people legroom because it's not the most comfortable <laughs> stadium at all. I'm sorry to say. No, it's not. Uh, I, I know, like, you know, the Melbournians are going to yell at us and say, hey, it's... What we're saying is sacrilegious, but seriously, yeah, it's, church, it's, yeah. it, it's terrible. Because <laughs> they're going terrible. and upgrading some more, aren't they? They're expanding I'm not, again. I'm not sure what they're doing, but it's look. As long as they add to the patrons' comfort, that's great. But the Stadium Australia is a bit better, you know, is a more comfortable stadium than what uh, the MCG is, and that's saying something. Stadium so Australia is too comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> but you do want comfort, right? So there you go. Some, some, some comfort. I agree. I agree. But uh, what else caught your eye, my friend? It's been a big week. It has been a big week. It's been it? a massive week. We covered off uh, some things that are very close to our hearts. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to talk about this situation. Well, we're going to stay on women's football, Laz. We're going to stay with women's football? You we are going to stay on women's 2034? football. 2034? We will. We will. Okay, let's go. Women's but football. Women's football. I want to talk about the uh, Women's Nations League. Yes. Oh, I know where you're going with this. Because <laughs> I sent you this the other day. Yes, you did, and, and you're, this you're mimics right. this mimics the same story with Ireland and the Netherlands. Yes, it does. In the men's side of things, for it's the out- Euro qualifying, it, it's outrageous, Nathan. It's outrageous. So, for those who don't know, for some reason unbeknownst to me, England and Scotland are in the same group for the Nations League, and also the group doubles as a qualifiers for the Olympics, which is ridiculous, right? That's ridiculous in and of itself. Mm. But the uh, most absurd part about the story is that. The home nations compete under Team GB at the Olympics. Correct. And that is associated with the highest ranking nation, which is always going to be England. England, correct. So it's England and company. It's not the best home nation and the rest. So if for any time England specifically don't qualify for the Olympics, the other home nations also don't go. It doesn't matter if Scotland or Wales or one of the others qualify themselves. But if England doesn't get there, Team GB doesn't go. And those players miss out, even if they win the group. So what's the situation as it stands now, Nathan, for those that don't know? As it stands now, England probably aren't going to qualify for the Olympics anyway. I think they're too far gone, but it's still possible. Uh They need to win both their games, Uh including a game against Scotland, to have any chance of topping this group and qualifying qualifying for the Olympics. So it is in the Scottish players' best interest if they want to go to Paris 24 to lose to England in the final round of the Women's Nations League. I've got a solution to this. Just so purely, purely for the Nations League, the Women's Nations League. Mm-hmm. Just let the home nations play against each other, and that's the end of it. 
Don't put England and Scotland in the same group. No, well, yeah, but or no, or you put them all in the same group, and the best team goes through and done. That's your prize. Off you go. See you later. Go to the Olympics and enjoy. Rather than and whoever wins, whichever team wins the groups wins the group rather than the highest ranked team. But that's the thing. If we did it like what you're suggesting, hmm. and all the home nations go in the same group, say England doesn't win the group, hmm. under Scotland the current guys, under the current guys, there'd be no home nation at the Olympics. No, but let Scotland go. And it's represent Team ridiculous. GB. No, but let Scotland go to represent <laughs> Team GB. Do so you know no, what I mean? But they're not English. Oh, well. It's that age-old thing when uh, Andy yeah. Murray wins Wimbledon, he's British. But when he crashes out in the first round, he's Scottish. <laughs> well, you know, hey, King, Charles can, King Charles can sort that one out. <laughs> he may be running out of things to sort out. Maybe, maybe. Very There's well another be. Scottish independence that's flaring up. There you go. But don't this get, is not a geopolitics show. I was going to say, don't get too political. <laughs> so, yes. Um, but, uh, yeah, one other thing that caught my eye. Mm. Mark, Mark, Michael Valcana's previous guest on the pod and friend of the pod has taken up the assistant coach role with Johnny Van Skip at AX, like you called last week, Nathan. Yeah, that was a rumour. Yep, so it's confirmed. It's, and, and Michael's gone across to... He's obviously left his post at Hapwell Tel Aviv, given the state of affairs there, um, and um, has taken up a role with as assistant coach to John Van Skip at Ajax. I mean, great club. I'm not going to make a uh, great club. I'm not going to make a joke about Israel-Palestine conflict and the situation in Ajax. I will not make a joke in that sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I will say is that it's funny how the world works. And mm-hmm. uh, I, what I would say is that being assistant manager at Ajax is a little bit of a promotion, uh, with all due respect. It is, yeah, it is to uh, the clubs in Israel. It's a big, and... it's a big job. You can't even allowing for you know Ajax being at the bottom, rock bottom, as rock they have never been before. Eredivisie, right? Never before have Ajax been last in the league. Beaten, beaten by that great Geordie Garanqual and his Volendam team. <laughs> Can you call him a Geordie yet? He's a Geordie. Is he? But he's a Geordie. Okay, that's it. End of the story. Come back of. when he actually wears a shirt in a competitive game. End of his Geordie. So, um, that that being said, you know, uh, I can't believe uh, that. Um, yeah, that they were beaten. You know, oh, actually, sorry. So, Ajax, uh, sorry, lost to uh, to um, PSV. PSV and mm. um, Volendam actually won. So that's why Ajax are on the bottom and. Ajax play Volendam this weekend. They do. It is a makeup game. It's also a six-point relegation scrap. Correct. <laughs> Correct. Uh, uh, Ajax have another game in hand as well to be resumed. Yeah. Um, so... well, they were down 3-0 in that game anyway, weren't they? Yeah. 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 Something like that. And uh, look, I think it is Thunder Games for now. I can't see them staying down there. Like, this is a league and a club that it makes no sense for Ajax to be that far down the, the table. There's some, like, relatively really good teams there's three or four then there's uh, like the next tier down and then it does tail away quite strongly the dutch football uh the eredivisie and um look i can't see Ajax staying bottom half for much longer even mm. let alone bottom of the table and look it's a very good opportunity for uh john van ship and uh michael valkanas indeed because, indeed look they're not expected to go and do anything crazy in the league this season obviously the title's probably already gone but just a little upturn in form and they'll get them into Europe for next season. Mm, yep. Which I think will be seen as a, a positive outcome for this campaign for Ajax. And look, I don't think um, I don't think it's likely anyway that they'll be kept on beyond this season because mm. Ajax are already looking at new permanent managers. Mm. And despite their insistence on having a Dutch manager, mm. which I think is why John Van Schip has got the role, because mm. yeah, he's right. Dutch and because he's available. <laughs> that's about it. Um, Oh dear. I think they may be looking abroad for their next manager, which is about time, provided they get it right. Fair enough. But not a running supporter, so we can uh, point them <laughs> off a little bit, I suppose. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, we'll tr- we'll see if we can get Michael uh, on in the on a future episode again to come back and uh, hopefully he can tell us about his experience with Ajax in mm, weeks to very come, much so. yeah, months to come. Uh, Twenty thirty-four. Yes, the other big news for the week. Mm. I'm disappointed. I'm not surprised? No, not surprised. But disappointed, right? In on two fronts. One that we just capitulated and just you know said, yeah, okay, well, we can't compete. I don't think we capitulated. I don't think that's the right word. Okay, we saw the writing on the wall. Yes, maybe that's a strong word, but I think it, capitulated it, means like we wanted to go for it and 
Yeah. There was a problem internally and we bottled it, we fell away. I don't think that's... No, I don't mean it by that. It's just like, look, it's either one or two things happen. One is that um, the other nations that were approached reportedly, obviously, you know, didn't want to come with us on the journey uh, and effectively, you know, we didn't want to fight on our own. And well, the other thing was just the writing on the wall was too much influence with Saudi and it's not going to happen. So that's what I'm saying. It's not really. I mean, it is a form of capitulation where you're just surrendering and go, you know what, it's too hard. You guys, it's obvious that you guys want, that FIFA wants to give it to Saudi Arabia. Let's just go with it. I don't think an Australian World Cup was possible for minute one. And it, it'll never be exclusively in Australia. No, it has to be with, co hosted. Oh, yeah, I mean that with Australia, New Zealand, or Australia, Malaysia, Singapore. Mm. I don't think it was possible for this mm. for 2034. And right when the news first started coming out, we were talking about it. And I said, oh, if I was football Australia, I'd want assurances from FIFA that it is mm. a legitimate bidding process. And I think, based off what we can uh, draw from uh, Football Australia's statement they've put out, among some of the reports that got around is that they got uh, tapped on the shoulder and said, hey, you're not going to get any votes. It's not too difficult. It's impossible was to it, win this World Cup. Was it FIFA that tapped them on the shoulder or do you think it was just when they were, you know, sussing the environment, they thought, no, that block is too hard, that block is too hard, let's just abort. Because I look at the statement and I see they're uh, finally poised to host the 2029 Club World Cup and the, uh, the uh, Asian Women's Cup uh, coming up before that. And I think that is a either hinting of a a deal or at the very least a bargaining chip. We will fall by the wayside as long as we have those the two 20, tournaments. The, the twenty nine World Cup. Look, the AFC I think is the AFC Women's Cup is not a is really a no brainer. I think so. Right. Okay, it's a no brainer. So put that to the one side. And really that's no, not I, a, I that's not a FIFA issue, that's a AFC issue. Exactly. And that that's where I'm going with it because right. AFC were fully behind Saudi Arabia. If Australia were going to go head to head with that, we'd need some support from within the AFC. Mm-hmm. And it was so, appa- and it was apparent that we weren't going to get it. Very much so. Yeah. So which means that really Australia won't have hopes of hosting or part co-hosting a World Cup until 2046 at the earliest. Now it's an no, eight. 40, it's an eight. It's an eight. Oh year, yeah. No, you're yeah. right. Yeah, you're right. 46. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, who knows what football looks like in 2046? I'll be 70 years old. <laughs> Wow. That's a scary thought, thought. isn't it? Yeah. (laughs) But look, congratulations to Saudi Arabia. Yeah, I mean. Um, And, you know, looks like they'll be going with their appendage measuring exercise (laughs) (laughs) for 2034. (laughs) Uh, Yes, it is a little bit of a uh, two fingers up to Mm -hmm. North America. Mm -hmm. Saudi Arabia is going to host the whole thing in their country. Yep, I agree. And look, I mean... But look, Saudi's a place now, Nathan. I mean, you had Tyson Fury and in, in, in you know in Ghana there. That was a farce last weekend, right? This is not a boxing show. You got no, <laughs> but you've got Fury and Usyk there. Um, whenever that takes place, you've got other sports, you know, happening in in Saudi Arabia. It's it's crazy, and other and other events, right? UFC are going there. WWE are there. It's absolutely nuts. Yeah, it is, and. I think it's just indicative of where football's going now. And it's just world sport is uh, following the money. You yep. just look at Formula One as well. Correct. Forgot to mention that. Forgot to mention races that. they've got in uh, countries that... In the Middle uh, East. Not only just in the Middle East, last, but it's also countries that uh, really don't have a big motorsport history. Mm, mm. And like, I'm talking also countries such as Azerbaijan. Mm. Um I don't necessarily have something against those countries, but it's more the case of the traditional venues are suffering off the back of that, like Spa, Francorchamps. Yeah, yeah. It's hanging yeah. on by a thread in Formula One. Yeah. And it's getting replaced by street circuits in Jeddah and mm. and so on and so on. Um, but it's just indicative of where global sport's going at the moment. And so when I do don't we move think to it's Saudi? stopping anytime soon. When yeah. do we move to Saudi, Nathan? <laughs> ah, to the backpack yeah. Saudi edition. Yeah. I don't know what to uh, translate the backpack to Arabic, but... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can see us uh, going to Riyadh or something like that. Would... Well, you'd be all right with that. You're an adopted Saudi now anyway. <laughs> yeah, the Geordies. So... <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what are we looking forward to this weekend, Nathan? Are we there already? Oh, no, we can keep going. Are we there already? Are we? I feel like we're just getting started. We're just getting started. Okay. 
But there's other things I want to talk about. Let's this. go. Let's go. We didn't mention what happened to Leon this week. Or Bayern. Yeah. Tell me about it. Let's go. All right. Let's go. Quick fire time, Laz. All right. A few stories go. to round us out. Yep. We need to talk about Leon. At Marseille? Yes. Yeah. This game has been postponed because the uh, Leon manager, Fabio Grosso, uh, was uh, subject to an attack mm. and found himself in hospital. Had rocks thrown in his face. It was a bit like, I mean, I know we've just mentioned UFC and wrestling and all that kind of stuff, but it was a bit Conor McGregor could be. It was a bit, yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah. With regard to the bus mm-hmm. and what happened there. But um, not very good from the Marseille fans. No. I mean, I won't make a joke about how uh, Lucas Neal sends his regards. Oh, no, 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 no. That's, I won't, I won't yeah, make that that's joke. totally in poor taste, Nathan. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> It is. It is poor taste. <laughs> it all is. right. All right. All right. I'm not going to wheel lie. it back. Yeah. It, it, look, Lucas Neal shouldn't have attempted that tackle. He shouldn't have gone down. So there you go. It was naive defending. <laughs> it was naive defending from Lucas Neal, to be honest. <laughs> so. But look, these sorts of things, like I think French football fans take it uh, a little bit too far at times. And this is another case of that. The French are a bit angry at the moment. Yeah, it's part of their national identity, isn't it? Yeah, they're not happy. They're not a happy bunch at the moment, right? They're very, um, they've been angry for a while. Angry for a while. Don't know. Again, I don't want to get too political. I don't know if it's to do with the politics of France, but it seems that way. So, and yeah, they, they had their protest last year for the retirement age, wasn't it? Yeah, a bit of civil unrest there, and uh, it's mm. spread out into the realm of football, apparently. Yes, but uh, hopefully, Fabio Grosso can make a, a speedy recovery and. Indeed. His injuries are nothing too uh, long-term. Uh, well Laz, you wanted well to talk about... Um... You want to talk about Bayern? Yes, Bayern. Yes. Mm. Well, actually, we should pose the question. It's not Bayern that we should be talking about. True. But, but can you tell me what you know of their <laughs> victors? And, Nathan, you know, can you tell me what you know of Saarbrücken? Uh, I can tell you that I've never heard of them before this morning. Mm-hmm. I can tell you that they are 15th in the German third tier now, and I can tell you that they have knocked out Bayern Munich in normal time, no extra time, no penalties. They have knocked out the uh, most reputable team in Germany in the uh, Pokal this morning, and I thought Manchester United were an embarrassing cup exit. Yeah, yeah. It can always be worse, Laz. It can always be worse. It's in- in- insane. Absolutely insane. Is Harry Kane cursed? He is. He'll win a he'll win a Bundesliga, but that's about it. But he'll might win but. a cup. I think he will. Willie but <laughs> they they will. They surely buy and have to win the Bundesliga. I mean, there's a three horse race in Bundesliga this season. At there's the three teams unbeaten. Yes. I'll tell you what, I'm a and fan of this uh, Brocken kit. Not bad, hey. Not bad at all, thank you very much. <laughs> I'll be having a look for that one. Mm, good luck getting your hands on one. Yeah. You might have to uh, go to Saarbrücken if that's a town. <laughs> no, that's right. <laughs> that's right. But uh, poor old Harry. Yeah. Oh, it'd be so funny if Spurs win anything this season and try and go trophyless. <laughs> it'd be so funny. Oh, uh, dear. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because he left for trophies. So. Mm, that'd be, oh, it'd be so funny. And I think everyone would laugh at it too. He might even have a little self-deprecating uh, chuckle at that uh, too. I, I don't think so. I think he might be pissed, actually. <laughs> I think he'd be pissed, wouldn't you? Yeah. I mean, but I'm sure he would see the irony in it Oh, as well. No doubt. No doubt. But yeah, I think the uh, initial feeling would be one of you know being pissed. So there you go. <laughs> yes. Yes. So, yeah. As we didn't mention... Last week, but mm. uh, congratulations are in order for uh, Mitchell Duke because mm-hmm. his uh, side, uh, Machida Zelvia, promoted promoted for the first time ever in the club's history. Yes, yeah, fantastic. No, that's and, true. Uh, hopefully, uh, Mitch can continue his decent form. Nathan, next season. Yeah, I agree with you. But Nathan, will he hang he, around? He should. Surely, surely he should. Maybe they want to get rid of him, but hopefully not. Ah, no, no, surely he should. If you look, I, I believe that if a team, you know, and players have gotten you up a, a division, yes, you strengthen, but I think you got to go with the majority of the players that you've that have taken you up there. Yeah, mm. yeah, I agree. Um, we need to mention the A League from last week. Last week, what a weekend! What a weekend! Right? Yeah, I think that last weekend has got to be the most 
um, narrative-filled weekend in A-League history. I, I think I every game, I agree with you. perhaps with the exception of Wellington-Perth, mm-hmm. had a massive story attached to it. Yep, totally agree. Totally we, agree. And goals. We can, goals. Yeah, and goals. And goals. And class goals too. Absolute oh, class Nestor. goals. Yeah, oh. you said it. Oh. And, and, I'll ta- and I'll take Fauna Rolli's uh, Rabona goal as well. For a poker too, <laughs> just quietly. Yeah, I know, but, you know, <laughs> wasn't bad, right? Not bad at all. It wasn't bad, but um, but Nestry, insane. But City, Melbourne City going down 6-0 to yep. Adelaide. And they've since sacked Round two. right of visitors. Yep, yep, gone. Is um, Paddy getting the tap on the shoulder? Get yourself really, back to Melbourne? No, really, Vidmar is the coach. Is that an interim or permanent? I believe. Well, I don't know if it's interim, but I know that. Well, I believe that. Um, I just know that he's been appointed at the moment. So mm. it's what's also the space. notes. Um, how quickly City moved on as well. Mm. It was in the sense that they they sacked him, and then not long yeah. after, it was hey, here's a really a Vidmar. Yeah, yeah. Isn't he great. Well, obviously, he was. You know, he was being lined up before that, and there's you know no doubt about that. But you mentioned Wellington Perth. Actually, there's a bit. Uh, there is a narrative to that as well with Italiano actually. Getting his first win. Yeah. Yep. NBL coach or former NBL Absolutely. coach. And uh, handled the press very well after the game. Just incredible. But, yeah, what a week. What a weekend that was last weekend for the A-League. And long may it continue. Hopefully there's a another um, another cracking weekend with the with regard to the A-League. And the women's uh, is back on as well. So That it is. But let's just see last what weekend, I'll run through it quickly. Mm. Brisbane 3, Sydney 0. Mm-hmm. Sydney back-to-back defeats to the start of the season. And... Red man get quietly, the chop. I would. I yeah, think I would. I would too. It's not. It's not been a very good start of the season for Andrew Redman in the league. Not at all. Not at all. And I uh, certainly wouldn't be picking him in January. <laughs> but I'm not Graham Arnold. Um, uh, look on that. On that. There are. Yeah, right. There are no. There are keepers out there which should in that Australia has that are playing elsewhere and even in the A League that should be keeping Redmayne out of the squad. That simple. Look. The three that go should be Matt Ryan, Tommy Glover, and Joe Gauchy. I'm happy with that, but I'll take Mitch Langerak as well if you want to like leave Gauchy behind. Yeah, if he wants it as well. Yep. Either way, you, those four probably the top four. Would you consider Lozatosa? I would, but I'd still go with Langerak. Mm. I'd go with Langerak over Gauchy, right? But I'd take Glover. Like, yeah. Yeah. No, no problem. And while on Tommy Glover, uh, Sammy Silvera scored a good goal in the cup this morning or on the uh-huh. weekend. I saw a clip. He's uh, settling quite nicely over there at Borough, mm-hmm. finding his feet. But A-League narratives. Yes. Western Sydney 5, West United 0. Mm-hmm. How'd this team beat Melbourne City week one? I think we got our answer on Sunday night. Yeah. But Western Sydney looks like the team to beat this season. West- yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, and they're, what they're, a goal from Lockie Brook. Top four. I think they're in my top four. Might put them top two, to be honest. Yeah, look, see your point. I see your point, Definitely. But if they finish third, you're not going to not have them as a threat. Oh, sure, sure. But, uh, yeah, I think you need to come top two to have a shot of winning the GO. Yeah, no, I think that's fair. Uh, over on to Sunday, MacArthur 2, Central Coast 1, Central Coast, the Premiers, back-to-back defeats to, back to start the season. Yeah. And outside of moments, MacArthur were the better side. Yeah, I th- I th- like we said last week, I think Central Coast are going to take a little while to find their feet after Montgomery's left as well. Yeah, and you mentioned Bruno Fornaroli's four goals for the victory. I think Adelaide putting six past Melbourne City is probably the highlight of the weekend in terms of, from the Adelaide point of view, we touched on City, but no Craig Goodwin, no problem. Mm, no, I agree. And how quickly football moves on. Adel- Adelaide finished top th- top four for me as well. Yeah, I think I'll agree with you. Like, you know, it's, look, I'd, I'd say... Throw, and I'd throw a victory in there too. Victory look really good. Yeah, they do. I chuck Adelaide in. Western Sydney for a top three. I mean, it's easy to say because they've had yep. the most notable win so far this mm. season. No, but they look, look they look good. They do look good. They do. Laz, what are you looking forward to this weekend? Newcastle versus Arsenal. Massive game. Huge game. Huge game. Abs- a huge game for Newcastle, right? And then um, Newcastle going away to Dortmund in the Champions League. Um, yeah, but this this weekend um, is it's big. It's big for um. It's an opportunity, right, for um, Newcastle to make some some ground as well. But um, hosting Arsenal, big game. How about yourself? Yeah, I'll chuck in Spurs Chelsea. Yeah, that'll be <laughs> that'll be an interesting game. Big game, big game. Derby, mm. of course. 
Mm. And look, Chelsea are Chelsea, but it's still going to be a tough game for Tottenham to pick up three points in. So uh, very interested to see how Ange gets on. Of course, uh, we've also got uh, Atalanta against Inter. Should be a fun yeah, game. That will be fun. Uh, but also Dortmund by Munich. Yes. <laughs> Jeez, crazy. I mean, if, if, if Dortmund win this game, crazy. wow. Yeah, yeah. And they're going to gonna want revenge for last season. But they've only got themselves to blame for that, right? They do, but you can spin the narrative. Mm. Yeah. I'm also looking forward to Real Sociedad and Barcelona. I think that'll be a good yeah. game. I think that'll be a good game. And Madrid. Real Real been really good this season. Yeah. Yeah, they have. And um, Madrid are at uh, Vallecano, which is always an interesting... Mm-hmm. Sorry, they host uh, Vallecano, I should say. So um, that'll be an interesting game nonetheless. But yeah, looking forward to all that. And uh, I'm also looking forward to the uh, second round of fixtures for the first round of the MLS playoffs. Yes. You know what? I was just about to mention that, actually. Mm, I was just about to mention MLS. In the background for the last couple of weeks, we Mm. had decision day two weeks ago. We had the first matches in the playoffs last weekend. Didn't get a mention on here, but uh, it was coming around eventually. Yeah, no, and and that decision day is always run very well. It always presents very well, doesn't it? Yeah, they do it really, really well. Do it really well. because they can. I mean, they, you know, it's they've got the breadth and the scope within the league to to actually do that. So, um, yeah, but for those that don't know, Nathan, where uh, do things lie at the moment with the MLS and the playoffs? So they've got a new format for this season in terms mm. of the playoff structure, and it's very much moving towards the other American sports. I think mm. basketball is the one that people <laughs> know most, where you yep. play a best-of series and the winner goes through. Not when They're not playing seven games each. Thankfully, no, <laughs> otherwise it would never finish. That's right. Uh, but this first round of the playoffs is a best of three, and the uh, the highest seeded team gets the extra home game, which is a nice little incentive. Mm. And mm. this is the second of the three match series coming up this weekend, and mm. they don't play the third one. I'm pretty sure if a team if goes two yeah. up, yeah, that's right. I think they just rub that one out, act like it never happened. Um, but. It's looking really good. I mean, it's a shame Inter Miami couldn't put something together to make a late run. I think Messi's uh, injury really uh, put a nail in that one. It did cost but, them. Yeah. I mean, LAFC look really good. Danny Boanga, mm. he's an absolute live wire. Mm, he what, is. what a signing he's for MLS. Very true. Very true. What do you think is the standout match for this playoff um, phase right now? Good like question. all the tie. I actually think it's the tie between New England and Philadelphia. Because Philadelphia just missed out on the MLS Cup last year as well. Mm, that, you know, they were in that three. That was an epic game of football, actually, to be fair. Um, yeah. Away to LAFC. And, um, you know, to get it back to three all and then lose it on penalty shootout by ridiculous margin. Oh, sorry, ridiculous number, I should say, of penalties. Insane. Yeah, I might actually go for Columbus Atalanta. Mm-hmm. Not Atalanta, that's an Italian team. Atalanta, Atalanta, I always do that. Atlanta, Atlanta. I always United. do that. I always do that. <laughs> no, it's not the Club World Cup. No. It's Columbus against Atlanta. I think that's my pick of the bunch. Mm. And well, Columbus are a great side. Good club. Atalanta are a great that, club in Atlanta, terms of their... Atlanta, not Atalanta. Did I do it again? Atlanta, yes. Did I do it again? <laughs> I did. Oh, I, do it. I do it every time. <laughs> You're stuck. Uh, yeah, and I'll continue to keep doing it because, yeah, whatever. Yeah. It's uh, at, Atlanta, it's Atlanta United. That's right. Atlanta, <laughs> Georgia. Yes, the home... Atlanta, Geordies. Yes. They should have just called uh, it. That's right. Atlanta, Geordie. That's uh, Miguel Amaron. <laughs> yes, it is. It is. And Georgia is famous for the peaches. So there you go. Mm, yes, very much so. Mm. Um, but Atlanta are one of the highlight clubs for me in MLS. The stage yeah, is fantastic. Yeah, the fan are. culture is great. Mm. And you may have seen a video going around about the Cincinnati supporters that are packed out yep. home end mm-hmm. of their last match. Mm. Brilliant to see. It's it a good club, like that FC Cincinnati. Very much so. And they've got yeah. some good players. Yeah, they do. Acosta plays for them. Yeah, that's right. He's, I think he's picking up the uh, the best player in the league award. I have to say, I've got a soft spot for Seattle Sounders. And uh, I've got a soft spot for the team up the road at Vancouver. Oh, the Whitecaps. There you go. Mm. And... This is a bit of a backpack derby that's also a real derby that we didn't orchestrate. No, that's right. That's true. That's true. It just worked out that way. Yeah. So there you have it. There you have it. Whilst we're on this, actually, mm. a little, something else that caught my eye. Mm. It's only a quick one. Late in the day. No, that's okay. Yeah. Cool. Good. The tickets this, for the two match Matildas. Yeah, you're not wrong. The tickets for the two match Matilda series in Canada went on sale. Yes. The first game in Victoria. 
the second game in Vancouver. Yes. The uh, match in Victoria sold out in what? What was it? Eight, eight minutes? Eight Six? minutes. Eight, eight minutes. minutes. Eight minutes. I mean, it's a small ground. But still. But still. <laughs> uh, a farewell yeah. series for uh, Sinclair, mm. which is nice for that. And mm. uh, a good opportunity for the Matildas to play the Canadians again. In December. It is nice and, again. Nice and cold. Very, yes. Yes. But... Uh, if there's any Aussies going over, I'm sure it'll be a great experience. Yeah, for sure. I agree. But uh, for those in this part of the world, the kickoff times are good as well. They're 2.30 right. or something like that. Eastern in the afternoon, time. yeah. Mm. And the time zone really helps for that. But, yes, uh, it does. Which is, for mine, one of the main selling points of MLS. Oh, I agree. For me. Totally. The time zone is brilliant. Don't have to stay up late. Doesn't clash with the A-League. Beautiful. Sunday starts at 9 o'clock, runs into A-League. Yeah. That runs into Premier League. Don't, don't budge from the couch. <laughs> <laughs> Just thought of taking and you know. Yep. <laughs> that's it. That's it. That's exactly right. I mean, some weekends mm. are bigger than others, and when it's a football water wall weekend, it's crazy. It's crazy. That's, I think this is a good spot to call it. I think you're right, Nathan. I think you're right. I think we'll Th- get the back peg. Thank you to Jason Stevens for joining us earlier tonight. Thank you, Nathan, for your company and for everything you do for the pod thank you to all the listeners who listen who download who interact with us who message us who tell us what they like what they don't like what they think what they think think. we should do better and don't think (laughs) so (laughs) any criticism or feedback from barcelona fans saudis um who else have i offended today uh me yourself <laughs> all right so manchester united fans any feedback that you have for me nathan let me know <laughs> the philip uh, the um mannequins the plastic yes, the, training yes, the, aids the, the, <laughs> the philippines women's national the team yes yes <laughs> feel free to address all correspondence to me through my instagram page mm. or through the backpack instagram page yes do get in touch or an x. Like. yes nathan, or on x nathan's favorite uh, medium Oh, yeah, wonderful. I'm uh, particularly interested in what the listeners aren't thinking about. If you can uh, <laughs> That's write right. that into us, that'd be good. Yeah, that'd be awesome. <laughs> but let us know what you thought about what Jason had to say as well. But that'd be great. Yeah, very much so. And uh, I echo everything you say, those. Thank you all the listeners. Thank you to yourself. Good chat once more. Great to sit down with you each week. And yeah. uh, we'll and do Hala, it again next week. Hala Madrid, go the Geordies. Thanks, Nathan. You know that's getting cut. <laughs> no, it's not done now. <laughs> good night, all. Thank you. Enjoy the football. Have a good weekend.